and welcome to Gentech show number 37. Today is May 22nd, and this is Dr. Michael John Kelly at the Short Pump, Virginia. And this is Steve Whitaker at Short Pump with Michael. And this is Mark Hofer, rounding out the trio, the first time we've ever been live around the same table recording. True, it's true. It is. It is, in fact. And we're excited. And in today's show, we haven't been around for a little while, uh, but what we're hoping to do is talk about some of the things we've done so far, reflect a little bit on what we've learned, and we have some big things in store for next year, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that's going to look like, and start setting our plan. So yeah, Mark and I were talking a minute ago, and it's it's been two years since we sat down at, I think, that table. Yeah, one table and, over. Uh, just sort of kicked around the idea of doing an EdTech podcast, and you, you became immediately involved too, and... Um, at the, I mean, I'm trying to recreate our thinking on it at the time because I think the show's evolved, you know, in the last couple of years to be a little bit more, a little bit different than what we'd originally talked about, which was a more formal approach to, uh, you know, picking a trend or a... Mostly tools, I think. Tools. I think we were focused on, so that was kind of when a lot of the Web 2.0, yeah. you know, collaborative, social tools were coming out, and that's we thought, we should talk about this stuff. That's true. It's funny to on. think how Web 2.0 is really yeah, sort of... That seems so like long the, the, ago the fuse came, it burned, and it's <laughs> yeah, sort of out now, and people are it's just... It's like kind of a lame term now. It's you know? a lame term, but I think I think um, it's because all of that Web 2.0 flashy stuff has just become the yeah, way that people, are, people, do people are using it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're right. You know, As I recall, we, we talked about that. That was rightly was just sort of out big at the time, and I thought we'd, we'd talked about getting together once a week, once every two weeks, and bringing up a tool, talking about how it could be used in, in education, and um, I don't know, I mean, we, we've done that, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's changed, too, I think, into more trend-approached kinds of things, mm-hmm. and it hasn't just been the three of us, which has been, in some ways, I think, a really nice shift. Yeah, well, because it's brought in some different perspectives, and I've certainly learned a lot about uh, what other folks are doing. And it brought that grounded into some of the yeah. field, and that was that was important, I think. Um, well, I think, and it could. Oh, I was just to say, I think I thought it was interesting to hear kind of about the, the opportunities and challenges people were experiencing in using these tools, you know, because I think we can pontificate and think about what's interesting or right. what's, you know. But it's, it's good to hear both the good and the bad, I think, you know, uh, about what people are actually doing with these things. And that was, for me, that was sort of when the show turned a little bit of a corner and it became less of... Like a panel show where the three of us were just talking, we were able to approach people who'd used some of the tools. Who, and you know, that was the eye opener for me. When we could hear what people are doing in their classrooms and districts, to hear the, the downside of it as well as the upside. Um, that's sort of when there was a shift in the way the show was working for me. And I really, as much as I enjoyed it before, then I really got a lot out of it after that too. I think the other thing we talked about earlier was the idea of the field reports. Right. Like the really targeted, focused kinds of things about this is what we've been working on. Right. And this is what we've learned by doing it. I think that's been, I, you know, I find those are the shows I go back and listen to a second or sometimes a third time. Right. More so than the kind of the training discussions, which I think are good, but, uh, you know, I think that's been a nice addition to to what we've been trying to do here. In the last year, too, it almost seems like there's been a little bit less distinction between some of the field reports and some of the main yeah. shows, Good too, point. in that we just, you know, Michael, you did that first field report from was the Aero Conference, right. I think, and it was sort of like journalism and field reporting <laughs> and, and what those... It's like NPR. And I think that's sort of where that, that concept, sort of that, that right. idea of the, the reporter in the field right. reporting back to sort of a home base or whatever. Exactly. Um, and those were good, but some of the other field reports were just that in name and that, um, you know, a group of people got together and talked right. a little bit about good another point. conference that had happened in the same way that we sat around virtually talked and right. talked about stuff, too. And so 
you know, one of the distinctions that I'm seeing, or I guess one of the non-distinctions that I'm seeing, is, is the difference now between what we called field reports and what we called those main shows, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this feels more like a main show, I think, because we're actually together for right. once and literally sitting at a table. But, but we're, we're in the, the field. field. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Total schmucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Guilty as charged. So, you know, for a little while we talked about where to go with the show and, and the questions of whether we covered everything. It always sounds like a silly question to ask that in the abstract because it sounds like you're being one of those there's nothing new under the sun kinds of yeah. people. Um, there's always something to talk about. But I think our, at least my problem was thinking about how to identify and then sort of slice whatever the next thing was to talk about. Um, so we talked. We talked about that. Hey, train's going by. Yeah, this is the uh, short pump town center um, kitty train. We're, uh, we we make kids feel better. Is what it's, uh, Michael, come back. Side. Hey, Michael, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you're too big for that seat. <laughs> uh, so, in I think what we came up with is a way to take GenTech kind of forward and keep it a little bit newer, mm-hmm. um, without making ourselves and anybody listening feeling like we're just bringing up the same topics over and over again. And one of the ways that we're talking about doing that yeah. is by creating a sort of community or a cadre of folks who um, maybe break down the distinction between guests and hosts and getting more people involved yeah. to you know, create shows along with us. Um, and not just to join us for shows, but to actually conceptualize a show. Exactly. That's right. And, and that's a, a big shift. Exactly. That's right. And be a part of it and, and sort of spread that out a little bit. Um, and and also broaden some of our the, the scope right. of some of the things we've been looking at. And I think that will come naturally by including other people and more people to well, some and, extent. And, I mean, you're talking about a, a couple of different kinds of change, I think. It's not just that we're going to go from, you know, that tool-focused approach that we had at the beginning right. to things like trends. But I think in some ways we can even look at tools again in a different way, which is to not worry so much about that big picture thing that we call blogs. Right. And look at individual little pieces of software that have come out or little useful websites that, that may have that it surfaced that we haven't had time to totally think through. And you know, what limited me ahead of time before anyways when we were doing that is the worry that by just picking something out and talking about it for five or ten minutes we might not do it justice. We might come up with some ridiculous thoughts about how to use it. But I think if we <laughs> if we don't spend a, a great deal of time on those things, but just bring them out if for no other reason than introduce people to them right. and maybe follow up on them later. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 a service. Right. Uh, but I think too if we if we uh, extend the conversation where we other folks are you know I think we sort of see things similarly to some right. degree, whereas I think if other people might have a totally different take on it, right. you know, make other connections or other you know, issues or challenges that come up with them. So. And I think the other idea that, that Michael had originally, which was, um, which is just making this more accessible to other people too, which is to continue with a K-12 focus, but also include in the show things like adult education, continuing education, um, non-traditional modes of education. Because, uh, you know, we know that there are people who listen who are not K-12 <laughs> teachers, but still have a desire to use technology in whatever kinds of teaching they're doing. Maybe it's maybe it's more formal sort of trainings. Um, uh, maybe it's even a homeschooler, unschooler. Oh, oh yeah. Well, you know, and I think there's sort of that cross-pollination, too. I think it's really yeah. helpful. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, so I think that's one way that we'll have a, a shift in the way that the show is changing. It's the focus. But then, you know, Mark, like you said, to also build it around the community of people that I think had made the show so strong, especially in the second year, where 
we may have fewer discussions where there are the three of us sitting around and, and more conversations where maybe one of us will join somebody else who's come up with an idea for a show, um, you know, somebody like Tina or Sean, um, who who have approached these tools in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, t- I tend to get these things and I'm exposed to them in the vacuum, in a vacuum, right. you know, in the absence of a context of a classroom. But to have somebody who's come to a tool as a solution to a problem, maybe, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think it's going to be a great way to, to start to talk about these things, too. So I, I think we're going to have a lot more voices on the show over the next year. And I think we'll gather, maybe not so much as just the three of us gathering, but we'll gather based on interest in a topic. Right. So Tina proposes, hey, I'd like to talk about this today. You know, on, on this day, other people could sort of say, hey, you know, I'm interested in that, too. I've got questions, or here we go, training. Oh, right. uh, you know, I've got questions, or I've got an idea, or I'd like to talk through a possible use of this or whatever. So we're sort of coming around, coming together around ideas or concepts or tools or whatever right. of interest. So you might get those uh, kind of richer conversations than it might be if it's always the three of us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So the, Not to say that we won't have this. No, no, we will. I think we less will. Of this in the future. And I think that also presents a lot more opportunities for following up later with, you yeah. know, with, with future shows to come back to something that was maybe just introduced at a cursory level and to find out how it played out. Yeah. Michael had mentioned um, that one of the people that he'd done a field report with is, is now using Twitter in his classroom. You want to just yeah, um, he, uh, Jack, up in Mount Pleasant, is... Uh, uh, an English ESL instructor at Central Michigan University, and he's this term he's teaching a, a grammar class. And uh, a couple weeks ago, he emailed me, and we talked a little bit about how he's, you know, using Twitter in his grammar class. He has all the students, you know, signed up on Twitter, and they're doing sort of focused little grammar tasks and, and writing on, on, on Twitter. Um, and that's it's just like wow, that's. Just sort of thinking out loud, too. That I mean, to me, that's the kind of thing that doesn't lend itself to a single show for half right. an hour, but a series of sort of periodic updates that almost creates like, like a thread that yeah, right. can follow over the course of the year. So we could, you know, start off by saying, how did he set it up and what's right. he actually doing? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think we could do that with, with, with you know, with, diff- with different things, right? Yeah. And it wouldn't be hard, you know. I mean, from the technical implementation, then you've got, in essence, you've got these categories that you right. can, that you can just follow via the website. Right. Um, yeah, and the tagging, you know, the multiple types of tags really, you know, enable us to do that, enable us people to follow certain threads, yeah. you know, all the time. So, I, I mean, right, just again, this is just off the top, but it's, it's like the kind of thing where maybe we're talking about a, these kinds of things would be shorter shows but more frequently updated. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I wish we'd done something like that with your study. I wish we'd yeah, got to do five or ten-minute shows. Updates? Yeah, just every two or three weeks where you don't have to sit down at the end of it all and try to recreate it in your mind mm-hmm. and tell the story in half an hour, but... But you get a half hour or 60 minutes by listening to 12 installments. <laughs> oh my God! I ripped all my remaining hair out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I think that makes it more interesting for people, and I think it, I think it gives you as the practitioner a chance to be a little bit more honest and reflective immediately. Right. Exactly. You know, I don't want to use the word diaries just because I think that carries a lot of weight with it. But just blog. I mean, a blog, a blog, a yeah. sort of that kind of thing. But just um. I mean, yeah. it's, it's sort of a, a, journal, a record, a journal of what you're doing while you're out there. And it's it's if you do more frequent, shorter installments, it's like the ideas are more fresh in your mind. Right. So you know you, because over time, I think you, you you know your memory sort of smooths things out a little bit. So it'd be nice to that'd be really interesting to follow a teacher who's yeah. you know, kind of working on the pie, whatever level, because I think we can all learn from those experiences and lessons. And I think I think doing that, you know, with a five minute update every once in a while, it frees you from that overhead of trying to come up with a, a topic. You know, the, the strand of that conversation, because they'll emerge over time. 
mm-hmm. you get a chance to look back and you listen to those, and then you maybe learn from listening to yourself. So I think I mean I think if, if we could ask Jack to do something like right. that, that would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To have his students talk about it too, ah, um, because I think that's a voice that I'd like to hear a little sure. more too. Is, is the students? But I think in reality, this kind of new format that we're talking about, I you know I don't know if another podcast that does that. I'm sure there probably is, but I think the reality is we don't really know how it's going to work. Nope. You know we'll just kind of see how it goes over the course of this year, and and maybe we'll we'll come back here. You know this will maybe be our annual. Uh, there you go. Our, uh, Multi-institutional summit, you know, the, <laughs> the summit, the MIS, the short form MIS, <laughs> exactly, uh, to sort of debrief and kind of think, well, well, how did it go? And you know, maybe change up accordingly. But, but I think the idea is we want to try to keep this alive right. in a way that's fresh and you well, know, and brown too, and useful. right? Exactly. So we'll see, we'll see how this goes. But I, I personally, I'm excited about the idea of kind of opening it up more and more community-based kind of ideas. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it, it's. It's interesting to me how we've kind of come to this, because um, I think, it, for me anyway, it stems and just us reflecting on on, on podcasting in general, yeah, you know, what we're doing, you know, as what we're as our experience with it, and you know, producing the shows and, and what it takes to kind of maintain, which is which is an issue that that anyone who's maybe say utilizing podcasts in their classrooms or stuff is comes up I think yeah. let's talk a little bit about that in fact for a few, for mm-hmm. a few minutes I mean I think we, you'd sort of brought this up a little bit earlier something that we should we should probably revisit today um, I mean it's, so in, in terms of the production of it right. the, the overhead that's involved in it what what's your what's your take on how as part of part of the question is, is how do you frame it like how do you decide if podcasting is what you need to do and for us it, it, it seems to me like the there's been so little um, to worry about in terms of the overhead for production right. mm-hmm. in many ways. Issue, really. That hasn't been the issue, but I think that isn't the case with podcasting as a as a rule. I mean, we let's take what we have and, and not take it for granted for a couple of minutes. I mean, we've got access to the tools that we need. Right. We have space to store these files. Mm-hmm. We have the tools to edit them, right? I mean, all of those things have sort of been givens for us. Is that, is that what you're thinking about? Yeah, that's, that's one of them. And then from there, also just the, uh, the psychology of it, if you will, of, of what you know, what are we trying to do with it and what's involved and in coming to the point of realizing, wait a minute, I don't have any ideas for this week's show. Right. What the heck am I going to do? do, we do? Yeah, yeah. What are, and, you know, where, how do we deal with that and move on? And I think what has emerged is, is what... You know this new sort of direction. Yeah. But, but I think it's important to be reflective on where things are so they doesn't stagnate. Yeah. Right. And you know. And in some ways, I suspect, even though you're right, Stephen, saying that we, you know, a lot of these kinds of things, we have the access, we have the knowledge of the tools and all that. But you know, I think that you can do podcasting fairly low tech. So I suspect that for, and I think it's similar with blogging too. It's like, you know, I'm a 10-blog entry guy, and I'm done. I've got nothing else to say, you know? And so I wonder if, in some ways, for at multiple levels, whether it's K-12 or higher ed or whatever, that I wonder if you you come to these points periodically where you sort of have to rethink, like, well, what's the purpose of this? What are we trying to do? What's the... And I almost wonder if that's even the bigger challenge in some ways to the maintaining and the the evolving, you know, that isn't always natural. You know, sometimes you have to... Kind of artificially take a look at things and see where things are going, and you know, I, you know I think that's analogous to any any good teaching, yeah. in, in a way, because it's it's a question of sort of content more than the delivery of it, I guess. And yeah, you, you've got to hit a point where you're able to step back from what you're doing and ask whether it's still 
um, germane or still right. useful. And, and I think we were able, I don't know what it was that triggered it for us. Yeah. Um, I, I think part of it was that there was a little bit of, at least on my part, a little bit of a struggle to come up with topics mm-hmm. when there shouldn't have been. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking about a field like educational technology, and it really it shouldn't be hard to come up with topics. So yeah, I, we were I think having a hard time sometimes. Yeah. What that sort of flagged is that maybe the way we were going about doing it was right. wrong. Um, but, but, you know, you, it's a, the point that you make, Mark, is I think probably not, I think it's worth repeating, which is that maybe podcasting the way we're sort of doing it is a little bit more complicated but if you want a podcast it's not hard to get out and start a podcast right. um, that's not really the question that you've got to address even at the beginning right. which is that what, what is it going to be how long does it need to last if it's going to be for a long time how do you sustain it right and um and I'm not entirely sure that if there's an easy way to get some guidelines to, to think about those other than to be aware and be open to emerging yeah. and morphing and that's into something huge. that's right. different than you didn't, you know, because sometimes we get stuck in, oh, this is what I well, it's supposed to be. Like a case in point, like Ben Gray's podcast that, that he did from his classroom had a really natural right. format to it, and it it didn't change in format over the time that he did it because each week the content was sort of different and right. coming from the kids. Right. right. Um, whereas I think with us originally, we were trying to be the controllers of that right. content. And that's a sort of an old school way to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. do content yeah, delivery. Um, to do it right. Right. <laughs> right. You're right. You, you stroke your newly minted PhD beard there and you, <laughs> you sort of decide what to impart. Right, right. And actually, it's sort of interesting. Um, that's an interesting holdover. This is always the, the muskets and rifles thing for me. It's, <laughs> it's the, the tactics that didn't change between wars, even though the weapons did, you know? Right. Um, so here we are originally doing a very old way of teaching with what's a totally new content system or totally new delivery system and it didn't work yep. it didn't work as well as it could well I think that underscores the point that it's you know in this case it's really not about the tool it's about how you use it right, right? because in higher ed I just recently did sort of a cursory lit search about these podcasting in higher ed and the vast vast majority of podcasts that are out there whether they're student or professor creator whatever of course just lecture before right. lecture you know yeah. the vast vast majority and it's it's teachers using it oftentimes in elementary schools right. that are the think about it more innovatively right. and hopefully that'll trickle up you know <laughs> That's true. but it but i think it goes back to the point that you know like whether it's blogging or podcasting or whatever, it's being open to that idea of changing and evolving and trying something different. And we'll see. You know, we may come back next summer and say, God, this was a disaster. Sure. There was no focus. There was no... Sure. Yeah. Sure. And that very well could happen. But we don't know, I guess, until we try it. I think we came to a point where we felt like, I don't know that I want to keep doing right. things the same right. way we could do it. And rather than throwing the baby out with the bathwater, let's, let's, you know... Try something different. Try something different and see where it takes us. And, you know, tangentially related to that point, I think... You bring up this idea that you look at the way that podcasts are being done in higher ed and in school, and it's it's so different. And the, the problem, I think, is that that term podcast is used to describe so many different ways of doing it mm. that it's easy to gauge, to judge, to evaluate one way based on what you think should be the right way. When the truth is, like you look at something like iTunes U, that it is, I mean, we, we can call it a podcast because you can go and you can download this file and you can be told when they're updated via RSS. All it really is is an audio archive of classes, and there's a place for that. Sure, absolutely. Um, yep. There's an absolute place for that. But, but to, there's a big difference between that yeah. and, and... Oh, I see. Well, but, but not, I mean, to, and, and something like a Merlin Mann's podcast. I mean, you know, like the... You look nice today. Yeah. Oh, you look nice today, right. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there is. Um, right. And yet we call them both podcasts. Right. And I think that complicates things a little bit. Um, Same with the blogging. Right. Same with blogging. Um, 
you know, so so to, to have a name for the tool that acts more like a big big umbrella for the different ways that you implement these things, I think, can be a little bit tricky too. So, well, I think that sort of circles back to the for our idea for how we want this show to evolve is that by bringing in different people talking right. to each other we hopefully won't get stuck in those ruts of this is how you use blogging right. in schools, you know, and that there will be different approaches and, yep. and different ideas. So. And I, I'm kind of excited about it because I noticed with the, this year with some of the field reports, it brought in people who were using some of these tools, but it brought them in to using it in a different way. And I, it, it seemed like there was some excitement when, you know, they, yeah. when, you know the, the teachers could talk to their students and right. the people they work with, hey, we got, you know, we're doing this thing now too over here, and it, it you know it spreads. And right. I think there's there's something there's something good about that. One, yeah. of, one of my favorite shows was the one that Tina did, where she talked to the kids about what they were doing, right. and you could you could literally hear their voices. Right. That was so exciting to get to hear how into it they were, um, because I think that's the that's the last piece of it that we didn't always get to ourselves. Right. We talked from our point of view, we talked about it. And then it was better when we could talk about people who did it in right. classrooms. And then, then, then to hear how it was received and perceived, I think, was also important. And then sometimes to follow, um, some, you know, someone who who participated in it, wrote about it on their blog, and this conversation developed over this experience right. over there. That's you know tied in. It's right. it's some it's, it's part of that networking sort this, of yeah, exactly. thing. Yeah, exactly. The whole what's that? The wisdom of crowds idea. Where exactly. So there you go. So there you go. I think I, I'm glad that we did it. I didn't want to let the show sort of pass away. Uh, at the same time, I didn't I didn't see a way to sort of continue it the way we were. So beginning, I would say late August. Yep. We'll be back. Yep, definitely. And some guys or another. And we're gonna we'll try to extend out over the summer to folks to say, hey, you know, would you be interested in contributing? You know who you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know where to find you. But uh, but at the same time, if you're somebody that's that's been listening yeah. and we haven't yet connected with, please drop us a note. We would love to uh, to expand this network and, and try to include others. So we'll, we'll begin that process over the summer, and like she said, by late August, you'll hopefully we'll get back up and running with. Uh, the, the latest new version of Gentech. That's a right. new site, new theme music. Oh yeah. New voices. Good lords of will and the creeks don't rise. We'll see y'all for too long. Well, I think it only makes sense for you, Michael, to say goodbye for the summer because <laughs> you've just become the third doctor. <laughs> and you just drop your wisdom um, and, and, and take better, this out. Better be good. <laughs> and say bye.